Welcome to this week's podcast from Faith Christian Church. For more details, check out faithcc.com.au. We hope you enjoy this message. Uh, I've been doing a series on what I call I Will. Who was here last week? Give us a wave. And uh, I've been doing a series called I Will. The being intentional about our faith. You know, Jesus said when he went to the cross, he said, not my will, but your will be done. Who knows there's great power in our faith, more so than in our feelings. You know, many times God will challenge you to do things and you don't feel like it, but your faith is not based on your feelings. Your faith is based on just making a decision to follow the purpose of God in your life. Come on, if you believe it, say amen. So I want to talk to you today about one of the great I wills in the book of Psalms. And it is really prolific in the Word of God, and it is the I will of praise. Everyone say praise. The I will of worship. You know, one of the great calls of us as believers, and actually of all of creation, is the call to praise. Right? Many, think we, many times we think praise is a style, praise has got to do with the way that we uh, kind of live our faith. Well, praise is about being a Pentecostal. No, the reality is praise is about being a biblical Christian in the Word of God. And you know, there's an idea throughout the Bible about creation and praise. That creation's default position is praise. That when we look at creation around us, we don't see a creation that is needy, desperate, or poor. Um, the only times that creation suffers is that when we get involved in creation, right? You leave, ever, ever heard of that phrase, that place was unspoilt, right? You just leave creation on its own. It declares the majesty and the blessing of God. And you know, in biblical tradition, if you look throughout the Bible, you will see there's a strong sense that nature participates in the witness and in the celebration of what God is doing. The Bible not once, but a number of times links praise with creation. The Bible often talks about the intimate nature praising God. You know, which is interesting because even though nature doesn't have a mouth, uh, the reality is it declares the goodness and the grace of God. Psalm 18 verse 46, I wanna have a look at some of these uh, this morning. Psalm 18 verse 46, the Lord lives. Praise be to my rock, exalted be God, my Savior. Psalm 66 verse 4 says, All earth bows down to you. They sing praise to you. They sing praise to your name. Psalm 69 verse 34 says, Let heaven and earth praise him, the seas and all that move within them. Psalm 148, verse 3 to 5, says, Praise Him, sun and moon. Praise Him, all you shining stars. Praise Him, you highest heavens, you waters above the sea. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for He commanded and they were created. Come on, isn't that a great scripture on praise? Right? There's never a question in, 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 uh, in creation about feelings but about intentional choice. Not that I feel to worship, but I praise God. David throughout the Psalms makes this powerful statement that he will praise, right? Not I feel to praise, not if the circumstances line up, I will praise, but I will praise as a default position 
in life. What I find, if you were to read the Psalms, you'll see that often David declares his praise through many of your life's challenges and difficulties. We see David praising in the valley. We see David praising on the mountaintop. We see David praising when he's facing insurmountable odds, when things are going against him, when he's going through some of the hardships and struggles of life. Rather than saying that God has left me, he's made a decision out of the will of his heart that he will praise. You know, the word praise, which we will look at this morning, means to shine. It means to boast. You think about it in a life, there are many times that we boast about silly things. We boast about things that uh, have got to do with our past. Often you and I have an inflated sense of our past and we will boast about those particular things. I was reading this story the other day that was a priest who was on his way home from the office after he'd written a sermon called All Liars Shall End Up in Hell. He met seven boys between the ages of four and seven They were arguing about who should take possession of this stray dog that they found on the way home from school. I'm asking what the problem was. He said, what's going on? They told him that they had found the dog and since it was impossible for everyone to have him, they arrived at a method to determine who could own the dog. Their decision was very simply this, that the person who could tell the biggest lie would keep the dog since they all boasted that they could tell these amazing lies. On hearing this, the priest had just written this sermon about all lies are going to go to hell. He pulled them in together and he started this short sermon on the dangers of lying. and Lying is going to send you to hell. At the end, all the boys were quiet. He turned to them and he said, you know what, when I was your age, I never told a lie. Not once. There was dead silence among the boys and with their head bowed down and the, the priest thought he'd finally gotten through. When the youngest boy piped up, who would have loved to have the dog for himself, painfully said, all right, give him the dog. <laughs> we don't boast that God is a liar. We don't have an inflated sense of the past. We boast about God who is truth. We boast about a God who is love. We boast about a God who is amazing. And the Bible says that when we boast of him, we shine. There's this idea in creation, this default position of declaration, a default position that God is king, that God is ruler over all, and that we worship him because of who he is. Now, if you were to look at the book of Psalms, you will see that the default position in the book of Psalms, is not a default position of whinging or complaining. Though David does complain, he always comes out with praise. But there is a default position of adoration and worship. The idea of praise occurs hundreds of times in the Word of God throughout all generations in the Old and the New Testament. And I want to have a look at that this morning. Now, there are a number of words that are relating to praise in the Hebrew language. But I want to have a look at three this morning and how they actually relate to us. I believe these three words are significant in the way that we relate to God in our decision as believers to make our default position one of gratitude, one of praise, one of declaration that God is great and wonderful in our lives. Come on, if you want that today, give me an amen. Right? 
So we're going to have a look at that this morning because I believe these really stir us in some of these aspects of praise. Now, I'm not going to even try to pronounce these Hebrew words. I'll put up their English uh, symbols. Uh, but the first one is this. Hmm. It's where the word hallelujah comes from. It means an exclamation, a statement, a recognition, a boast to admire. It means to exclaim. It's the same root word that comes from the idea to shoot forth a flash of light. Psalm 146, verse 1. David writes, praise the Lord, all my soul. It's almost like a reaction a declaration, a response in circumstances. That when David was going through a hard time, when David was going through a valley, he would always have an element of praise. Psalm 140, uh, 104, verse 35 says, Praise the Lord, O my soul. Jeremiah 31, verse 7. It says, Let your praises be heard. A shout for joy, a boasting, a shout for joy versus the opposite in terror, where people would often shout in terror. Here, they are shouting for joy. You know what I like about this idea of praise? It's the idea of spontaneity, freedom, true freedom of worship that comes out of a heart that is full. In other words, a full heart that can't stop declaring God's goodness and grace in our life. It's the shout of praise. It's the overflow of praise. It is what is in my heart about what God has done in my life needs to come out praise. Thank you, God. You rescued me. Thank you, God. You saved me. Now, there's a comparison here in Psalm 69, verse 30 to 32. He writes, I will praise God's name in song, and I will glorify, oh, verse 29, that's fine, but as for me afflicted and in pain, may your salvation, God, protect me. I will praise God's name in song, and I will glorify him with thanksgiving. This will please the Lord more than an ox, more than a bull with its horns and hooves. What's the psalmist saying? Sacrifice, he's talking about ritual. He's making the point. He's not saying that one ritual of praise is better than another ritual of sacrifice. So the psalmist is not saying, because we know in the Old Testament they had praise, they had sacrifice, they had a number of rituals, right? So he pulls this particular psalm, he makes this statement, he says, you know, I'd rather you have praise, God says, I'd rather have praise than the sacrifice, right? What's he saying? He's not saying that there's two rituals here. The ritual of praise versus the ritual of sacrifice, and that one is better than the other. He's making the point that one is ritual, yet one comes out of a heart that is full, desiring to worship God with all of their heart, and God says, I'd rather have that than empty ritual. Right? Church, you know it is so easy to make our walk with God Ritual. Ritual is boring. Ritual, ultimately, I believe, leads to death in our spiritual walk. You know, in any relationship, there's the danger of being ritual, right? David says in verse 29, but as for me afflicted in pain, may your salvation, God, protect me. He's talking about God rescuing him. 
He's talking about God. I thank you, God, that where I am today, you've taken me out of the pit. Right? You look at Ezra chapter 3, verse 11. Right after the rebuilding of the temple, Israel had come out of exile. They were finally in a place where they could rebuild their lives. And the Bible says that all the people gave a great shout of praise to God because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. They were so excited that they had finally arrived home after years being away that it just was overjoyed that came out of their life. Praise God, we are finally home. And I guess this is the point of Psalm 69. God would rather have the spontaneity of praise than the ritual of sacrifice. The desire, the hunger, the passion, rather than the ritual. The response of a heart that is still hungry for the things of God versus a weekly ritual of just going in it and just doing your sacrifice and doing what is required of you. You know, this thing of praise challenges you and I never ever to reduce our Christianity down to a bunch of meaningless rituals. The thing that pleases the heart of God is a hunger in our lives that we love Him and that we worship Him and that we honour Him. We will not go down to a ritualistic Christianity. Come on. You know, let me just say this. You know, often us as Pentecostals, we seem to think that we got this one nailed. So we look at some of the mainline churches and their robes and their rituals, and we are, we're not like that. But you know, the reality is, in our walk with God, we can often make our walk just ritualistic. Come on Sunday, do my thing, tick the box. Come once a month, do my thing, tick the box. And, and the psalmist says here, he'd rather have spontaneity of praise, a heart that is full of the goodness of God, than a ritualistic lifestyle of just doing the same thing, the same thing, with no hunger for the things of God. Right? This praise is the I will that speaks of cutting through the ritual, cutting through the emptiness. I think many times you and I in our lives, we need cut through. Life can become ritual. Relationships can become ritual. It can become all about the sacrifice and the pain. But this praise is likened to a flash of light in the darkness, a cutting through the darkness of the enemy. God gives us a tool to cut through. Let me say this prophetically today. Let me give you a great key. God gives us a tool to cut through the depression. God gives us a tool to cut through the darkness in our own lives. God gives us a tool to cut through some of the emptiness that we feel in life. God gives us a tool just to cut through just some of the ritualistic things that we do where we're doing stuff, but it is empty on the inside. It is called the power of praise. I've got to tell you this morning, there are times that I don't feel great. Rather than just whinging about it, God, I praise you. God, I thank you. God, I thank you that you are with me. I'm speaking prophetically into my situation. God does not want you and I to live in emotional darkness. But as we do begin to declare the goodness and the greatness of God, it is cut through to break some of those things over our lives. A flash of light. 
Can I encourage you today to keep to be intentional about keeping that area of your life fresh? We can make this place so ritualistic, praise ritual. You know, I wrote this down. How do you know that you crossed that line on this one? How do you know that you often your life is more empty and you know, uh, uh, ritualistic than actually full of abundant praise. It's very simply this, that you become more mindful of your sacrifice than his goodness. Do you know there are many people in life that are more mindful about all the things that are wrong in their life and all the things that aren't going well rather than the goodness and the grace of God? And so in the Old Testament, people would come and sacrifice to make things right and people would come and sacrifice to sort things out. And there are seasons to sort things out and there are seasons to deal with things But many people, it is all about the sacrifice. It is all about the pain. It is all about the difficulty. And they forget about the goodness and the grace and the favor of God upon their lives. You know what? It doesn't matter how bad our lives have been. We serve a good God and we can declare the goodness and the grace of God over our lives. I don't want to be living in this mentality that it's all about the sacrifice. The second word for the word praise is the word Y-D-H. Now, some scholars would say yada, yada, yada. It means to confess. Psalm 6, verse 5, David writes, Among the dead, no one proclaims your name. Who praises you from the grave? Psalm 79, verse 13, Then we, your people, the sheep of your pasture, will praise you, Forever, from generation to generation, we proclaim your praise. Often when the word yada is used, it's referring to the soul, speaking into the soul. Psalm 42 verse 5, why, my soul, are you downcast? Why are you so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, and for I will yet praise him, I will yet praise him, my Savior, my God, right? Psalm 43 verse 5, the same passage there again church is speaking into his soul he's doing a yada confession think about it if praise is confession if there's an element of praise relating to confession good confession healthy confession a confession that builds you up doesn't tear you down then think about this in life overall what do you and I confess over our own lives what is our constant confession? You know, I think one of the reasons why God gets us to praise is because I've realized this, our mind feeds off our confessions. Our confidence feeds off our confessions. I'm not blessed. I can't do this. God has left me. You keep saying that. God is always there. You keep saying that, you'll start to actually believe it. Our faith feeds off our confession. The way that we shape our future comes out of our confession. You can have all the things lining up. You can have people believe in what you are doing. But if you are not speaking positive confession over your life, then something is broken that is very, very hard to fix. 
And God puts praise in the area of confession. He says, you know what? If you want to move forward in life, you've got to start to change your confession. You've got to start to speak positive, not just in terms of hyper-positive, but God, I thank you that you've made me the head and not the tail. Thank you, God, that you never leave me or forsake me. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you have forgiven every single sin. So it doesn't matter how I feel. I know, God, that you are always there and you are faithful in every single area of my life. Confession. How many times have we come into a great atmosphere, but our confession in our own heart is broken and it's fractured? You know, I found it really, <coughs> I found it really interesting. A few weeks ago, we had Dr. Michael Maiden, and for some of you that weren't here, we, he was a prophetic guy that came over from the States and just incredibly accurate in some of the words that, you know, he just spoke over people's lives. And uh, he came to Franker and I, he gave us the word. And often these prophetic guys come, they'll speak a word over the senior pastor. It just doesn't relate personally to the senior pastor. It relates to the whole church, you know. And, uh, you know, he just started to prophesy just some things that when I look back, about four or five things he prophesied over our church that literally I've been speaking to the board about for the last 12 months. He had no idea. On top of that, I have a prayer list, right? I've talked to you guys about my prayer list before. I have a prayer list. And almost every day, I have a prayer list for the church. Do you know that he prophesied five of those things that had been on my prayer list for the last two years? Now, there is no way that he could have known that these were the things that I was going after on a daily basis. And it was almost like God was confirming the personal confession that I'd spoken over the church in the quietness of my own home, declaring the goodness and the grace and the favor of God. You know, the power of confession over our own lives, what comes out of our mouth in the private time, is incredibly powerful in actually releasing things in the heavenly realm over our lives, over our family, over our businesses, over our workplaces, over every single thing that we go for. It's not just words. When you confess the word of God, I will praise you. I will worship you. Thank you, God, for what you're doing in this church. Thank you, God, that you can, we're going to see thousands of people come to Jesus. Thank you, God, that you're going to multiply this church. And I, just begin, I would just every day just prophesy and declare and confess the goodness and the grace of God over our church. You know, yada is like yeast. A little goes a long way. You know, I bought a, uh, I've started to build up my reading list for my holidays. And I bought a book on yeast. My quest to get the perfect pizza. <laughs> I wanted to learn about the culture that gets that thing going. And, uh, you know, you don't need to write, read a book to understand this, but, you know, the flavour of the pizza is affected by the yeast. So depending what strain of yeast, depending where it comes from, when I was in Italy a few years ago and I, met my, and I was spending some time with my brother-in-law who you know, just knows all about this. And he says, you know, in some parts of Italy, there's a yeast called the mother yeast. It's where all the other yeasts come from. Mother yeast had many little babies, and so we use those. And he said, the mother yeast produces 
a certain flavor in the pizza. That's why in certain regions, the pizza over 100, 200 years has been the same flavor because of the yeast, the culture of the yeast, the way it rises, the depth of flavor. There are some strains of yeast that they have kept alive for hundreds and hundreds of years. Think about our confession, the impact that it has on our children's future, future of our home, future of our grandparents' future. Think about maybe you grew up in a home where you didn't have positive confession, things that generationally were passed on, maybe not so much in a spiritual aspect, but just in a, well, this is what we've always been aspect. You know what? Part of the power of praise is that it actually, actually changes your future where you start to confess something different over your life because God is for you, not against you. When I ask you today, what are you confessing? You know, you can have the greatest opportunity in the world, but if you confess negativity on a regular basis, I mean, I'll tell you, I have seen people that have had zero talent, zero ability, but have gone far in life because of the confession of their own soul. You ever met someone that you've got, how did you get there? But because there's been a confession over their life, over the goodness and the blessing and the grace of God. Amen? The third one is this, bark. Bark. We say bark. It means to bless. It means to be filled with strength. It's what God did to the earth to make it flourish and grow. Genesis 1 verse 22, now God blessed them. Said, be fruitful, increase in number. Fill the water in the seas and let the birds increase the earth. It speaks a blessing. Psalm 145, verse 1. Now man is blessing. I will exalt you, my God, the King. I will praise your name forever and ever. Proverbs 10, verse 22. The blessing of the Lord, the brook of the Lord, brings wealth without painful toil for it. You know, it's often what God does for us, but we have the power to bless. In our praise, we bless. I love this next one, Psalm 144, verse 1. Praise be to the Lord my rock, who trains my hands for war, my fingers for battle. You know, the Bible speaks about this type of praise as a blessing that produces strength and vitality. He trains my hands for war. The blessing of God brings wealth, but no sorrow to it. It doesn't take away, but it adds. It doesn't debilitate, but it strengthens and imparts. It brings vitality. It is the powerhouse of praise. I believe this is one of the great powerhouses in our walk with God. It's this idea that when you commit to praising God in all circumstances, when you decide in your life, when it comes to people, not to curse, but to bless, not to hurt, but to lift up, not to pull down, but to encourage, it is a powerhouse of strength and vitality into your soul. The health of your world dramatically increases when the health of your language speaks blessing. You look at Psalm 144 again. He trains my hands for war, my fingers for battle. The fingers were used in the Old Testament to hold swords and draw back bows. You can have all the great tools at your disposal, but if you don't have the strength to draw it back, to grab hold of that sword, you'll never reach its full potential. 
This is a church, this is about your strength. This is about turning your weakness into strength. This is, turn, this is about turning your timidity into courage. Think about the criticism that often brings weakness into our world. Think about when people criticize us. It makes us shake at the knees. It makes us question who we are. If criticism zaps us of strength, the reverse is true as well. Blessing brings strength into our world. Praising God brings strength into your world. Living a life to bless brings strength into your world. Last two, speak about this whole idea of confession. Confessing, speaking blessing over people's lives, speaking blessing over people that have hurt you, just speaking blessing. I choose to bless and not curse. I choose to speak blessing wherever I go. God bless this person. God bless this situation. Even this morning, I was up early. God bless this church. Put your hand upon this church. God, I pray for every person that walks into this house today. I speak blessing and favor and your anointing. You know, one of the greatest confessions, I want the musicians to come, that you and I can ever do is Psalm 139 verse 14. Remember anything out of this passage, remember this one here, out of this sermon, remember this one. For you created my, my innermost being. We got it up there. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. For you created my, my innermost being. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. One of the greatest confessions, we, we, it's easy for us to confess blessing over other people's lives. Right? It's easy for us to believe for other people's success. But when it comes to us, we struggle. Because we know our own failures, we know our own weaknesses, we know where we are fractured in life. And often we look back and we find it hard to actually praise God on who we are. God, I just wish you could change that part of me that I'm not happy about. God, I just wish that I could be like that person. God, I just wish that you would change me in that area. And yet David writes, for you created my innermost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. It doesn't matter what people say. It doesn't matter if people may have written you off. It doesn't even matter. People may have a false perception of you. You've got to come to your own life that you are praising God in the way that God made you. And all your quirks and all of your idiosyncrasies and all of those, you know, I have many of them. You know that. Just the other day, our bed has been always in the same place for many years. <laughs> Go to the toilet at midnight, come out, bang, straight back, smack into the bed. I thought Franca was asleep. I can hear her giggling under the covers. <laughs> I'm always doing stuff. I'm clumsy. So you shouldn't confess that. I'm just talking to reality. Got my little idiosyncrasies, got my little things. But I praise God that I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your self-esteem comes from the Lord. You praise God for the way He has made you. 
And in that, when you have a self-acceptance of the way that God has shaped you and made you, you begin to start to praise Him in all the other areas of your life. I praise you. I confess, I praise you that I'm fearfully and I am wonderfully made. I'm going to say this, for, for there are a few of us here today, that that would be a struggle. That will be a challenge. Maybe a challenge because you've been conditioned over many years by people that have spoken negative words into your life. Maybe it's a struggle because you've just never really valued yourself as much as God has valued you. But out of this whole idea of praise, praising God for the way that He's made you and that He's shaping you, He's putting His hand upon you, He's developing you, He's taking you from place to place. David wasn't perfect, but David was always praising God. Because of that, he was always close to the heart of God. If you and I had come to that revelation, I praise you because I'm fearfully and I'm wonderfully made, is a great fan. Oh, we praise God because of who God is. Don't get me wrong. Many people say, oh, praise is not about us. It's about the Lord. Yeah, well, look at this Psalm here, Psalm 139. I praise you fearfully and wonderfully made. If you come to an understanding that God did not make a mistake when He made you, He did not make a mistake when He made you. It wasn't like, God, what the heck happened? Why? You're fearfully and you're wonderfully made. When you have that revelation, it takes the whole idea of praise to a whole new level. Church, praising God brings strength to your world. It's not something that we do as a Pentecostal church. It's not just something that we do on a Sunday. What I don't want, what I don't want in this house is to be ritualistic, lifeless praise. I don't want that. Right? The reality is over the years, people have come and gone from this house. People that want ritualistic, lifeless praise, this is not the place for you. But people that want to fully engage in the presence of God and lift up their hands and just engage in the goodness and the grace and the favour of God. That's what we want to go for. Praising brings strength. There's an interesting psalm, in, uh, not a psalm, there's an interesting passage in Hebrews 13, verse 7 to 15. I want to read you this final verse and then we'll close. The writer of the Hebrews says, Now remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. Don't be carried away by all kinds of strange teaching. Listen to this. It is good for our hearts to be strengthened by grace not by eating ceremonial foods, which is of no benefit to those who do so. We have an altar from which those who minister at the tabernacle have no right to eat. The high priest carries the blood of the animals into the most holy place as a sin offering, but the bodies are burnt outside the camp. So Jesus also suffered outside of the city gate to make the people holy through his own blood. Let us then go to him outside the camp, bearing the disgrace he bore. For here we do not have an enduring city, but we are looking for the city that is to come. Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of our lips that openly confess His name. And do not forget to do good to share with others for such sacrifices God is pleased. Out of our sacrifice of praise comes a desire to help other people. This thing that stood out to me was in verse 9, where it says, Do not be carried away by all kinds of strange teaching. It is good for our hearts to be strengthened by grace, not by eating ceremonial food. Your Christianity will never be strengthened by ceremony. It'll always be strengthened by the grace and the favour of God over your life. If you come to God with ceremony, it will leave you empty, 
it will zap strength. You come to God by the grace of God, right? It is the very grace of God, the favor of God that brings strength and favor, your relationship with God. Ceremony will never, ever do those things for you, ever. But your relationship with God will. As we come into this Christmas season, we come to the close of 2018. I want to ask you today whether you are just in ceremony or whether you actually do have a relationship with the Lord. Whether you just live in ceremony. You can live there if you want, but the reality is ceremony is never going to bring the strength that you need to live a life of blessing. God has got so much more than empty, ritualistic ceremony. Maybe you came from another denomination. Maybe you came from a place that was a great starting point of ceremony, but it's not where God wants to keep you. God does not want to keep you in ceremony. He wants to keep you in a wonderful relationship with Him. And I'm going to say a prayer today. It's a prayer for you to find God for yourself. It's a prayer for you to have a revelation of God for yourself, that you understand the grace of God of what the Lord Jesus did for you on the cross, something that you could never do on your own. But today, because of what Jesus Christ has done, you can enter into full relationship with Him. There can be power to your praise. There can be power to your worship. When you praise God, it will bring strength into your soul because you know now the one whom you praise. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from Faith Christian Church. To stay up to date, check us out at our website, faithcc.com.au.